Your girl is a homebody, so one of the best parts of the day for me is when I can come home, put on my comfy pajamas, get snuggled up on the couch, and enjoy something to drink while catching up on a TV show. The thing is, though, that I don't want to drink wine all the time because, though I love it, I'm no longer a huge wine drinker like I was back in the day. I have morning headaches and even inflammation to thank for that. So, to help fill that gap, I've been enjoying Recess Mood as a guilt-free way to unwind. Recess Mood really is a vibe y'all there are only 20 calories per serving no added sugar and it's infused with stuff i like including mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens which really helps me to relax after a high energy day recess mood has four delicious flavors to choose from my personal fave is strawberry rose if one of your goals in 2024 is to drink less alcohol this is the way Give Recess Mood a try today and see how relaxed it helps you feel. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com forward slash self-care and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Right. Is even mm-hmm. when you're not in survival mode, you're still in survival mode. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so like, you know, you, you work and you grinding and you can be in a place where you're actually flourishing and, you know, have a little bit more leeway. But mentally, just because of how you've been impacted by everything that you just said, you still feel like you're in survival mode. Welcome to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast, a show for Black women exploring ways to prioritize their wholeness, health, and happiness in a world that does not fully acknowledge our humanity. My name is Bree. I'm the host of the show as well as a self-care coach. I help Black women embody a lifestyle of self-care that centers our rest ease, abundance, and liberation so that we can continue healing from the traumas we've endured that are rooted in racism, oppression, and capitalism while freeing ourselves from the belief our value is inherently linked to what we can do or be for others. Let's go ahead and get into today's episode where for the first time in forever, I am interviewing on the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast a whole man. (laughs) This is a first for the show. Uh, I am doing my best to open up my perspective. And in doing so, that will support me as well as I feel support you when it comes to honoring our, our paths to wholeness. So I thought, why not allow a male perspective on the show? So today I am in conversation with uh, Nick Hardy, Dr. Nick Hardy, and he is a therapist. And today he is going to help us deep dive into a very important conversation that will uh, center around of course, self-care and prioritizing ourselves, but we're going to talk about survival mode. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about uh, managing tension and prioritizing ourselves 
in those types of relationships where we are or will soon be the primary caregiver. And we're also going to talk about uh, the importance of not overcompensating in relationships. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive into this episode and I will see you on the other side. Hey, hey, so I'm super excited to be in conversation with Nick. And yes, I do have permission to call him Nick because I do like to give respect where respect is due. And he said, I don't have to call him Dr. Nick. So, <laughs> so Nick, please um, introduce yourself and let's go ahead and get into this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. I definitely appreciate you having me on. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Nick Hardy, Dr. Nick Hardy, whatever. Uh, I am a licensed therapist here in Houston, Texas. I run a private practice, private group practice. Uh, it's me and another clinician on staff. And, you know, we focus on healthy relationships and, you know, just helping people grow and become the best version of themselves in life. Awesome. Awesome. So tell me from your perspective, what what is self-care? Yeah. So when I hear self-care, I I really think about prioritizing your overall well-being. Um, There's so many things that pull on us in life. But I think when we prioritize our overall social and emotional well-being, that's the epitome of self-care. Right. And so that can come in so many different forms. Obviously, that can be you just spending time, you know, not doing things that can be you actually taking care of yourself, whether that's working out, whether that's, you know, just having a, a day off from work or just allowing yourself to rest, spending time with family, like whatever it is that rejuvenates you. To me, that's self-care, right? Prioritizing yourself and making sure that your tank is always on full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that and this is what we're going to be talking about today more in depth is the tricky part of that is, of course, so one of the things that I say is that outside of your relationship with God, I'm a follower of Christ. So outside of your relationship Mm -hmm. with God, the best relationship you should ever have is the one you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I know that that sounds good, right? We yep. can talk, we can, we can platitude all day. It's not, <laughs> yeah. In theory, it sounds great, right? Oh yeah, I got all the singers, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got all the platitudes. I got all mm-hmm. that. It sounds great. It sounds mm-hmm. amazing. However, I think there is a, there is, it's, it's different when you are, well, it, it's different. So for example, if you're, let's say you're a, a single person, hey, single girl, if that's you, you're amazing. You're dope. You're a queen, by the way. But let's say you're a single woman, no kids. Uh, no relationship, that kind of thing, being able to prioritize yourself uh, on some levels is going to be, it's going to probably feel easier. Mm -hmm. You're going to have more, more time and energy for yourself versus someone that is uh, not single. They're in a relationship or they have children or, you know, they're uh, caring for someone or things of that nature. So I want to understand more about, in your opinion, the difference that you see when it comes to self-care for someone individually versus someone that is in a relationship, because yeah. like finding that balance of time when you when you are in a relationship with somebody, I want to talk about that and explore that more. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. Um, and, and let me let me say this first. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say prioritize yourself, I think there is a, a very fine line between that 
and potentially someone that is is, is selfish, right? At least mm-hmm. in a traditional sense. You know, when I say prioritize yourself, you know, I really mean like taking care of you, mm-hmm. right? Taking care of you. And a lot of times what can feel um, is very altruistic could really mean you're not taking care of yourself, right? You're, you're running from point A to point B. It could be the job. Uh, it could be other family members. And so I, I, I agree. I think when you're in a relationship, it may look a little bit different, uh, but there's so many common areas, right, between the two, whether dating or, or single, so many commonalities where people put themselves second, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the truth is you can't really be there for someone else unless you do take care of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, um, because if you are taking care of someone else and you hadn't taken care of you, you're not giving 100%. And so... Um, yeah, it's it's nuanced. It's nuanced, especially when you look at someone who's in a relationship versus not. Um, again, you may have a little bit more time. You may, <laughs> but then you may not. Right. Because you mm-hmm. may carry some of the responsibilities um, all by yourself, you know. And so it, it, I think it's a case by case scenario. But I think when your tank is getting low, regardless of relationship status, right, you have to do what it is that is required to 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 be on full whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Like it's, it's, it's an absolute must. And I feel like, and I made a post recently on Instagram about how just the systems that we all experience as black people, as women, as black men, as black women, uh, they're designed to really deplete us. Mm -hmm. And we give and we give and we hustle and we grind and we do all quote unquote, all the things and we do it to the point where we do, we're so depleted. But part of that is because we, we're trying to survive. Yeah, We're absolutely. trying to get out of struggle and survival mode. So we feel like we, we have to be the best. We have to give 150% where others are maybe giving 75% just so that mm-hmm. we're seen, we're valued, we're, you know what I mean? So yeah, 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 I do. I do. And, you know, and this is one of the kind of ramifications of trauma, right? Is even mm-hmm. when you're not in survival mode, you're still in survival mode, <laughs> you know? Mm. So like, you know, you, you working, you grinding and you can be in a place where you're actually flourishing and, you know, have a little bit more leeway, but mentally just because of how you've been impacted by everything that you just said, you mm-hmm. still feel like you're in survival mode. Right. Mm. And, and I think that's one of the residual effects of just some of the racial and systematic um, trauma that we experience, And we may not even realize it. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And I've talked about this or shared about this on the show, but you definitely are hitting the nail on the head because even even if, let's say, we lived a quote unquote perfect life, we never Mm. dealt with racism, we never dealt with capitalism or any of the other isms or oppression or, you know, all that stuff. We never experienced that like a day in our life ever. But if our parents did Mm -hmm. and our grandparents did. And our great grandparents did. And just back on down the chain, it still has an effect on us. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really does. You know, um, and, and, and in so many ways. Right. Whether it's mm-hmm. just, you know, the environment that we were brought up in as a result mm-hmm. of some of the trauma that they experienced or even if it's, you know, us caring for them. You know, and, you know, they sacrificed so much to put us in a certain position. And now we're, we're getting pulled in a different direction because of family, right. You know, like wanting to make sure that they're okay and they're good. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's so complex. Right. 
It really is. And man, you hit another thing on the head. Let's go ahead and talk about it. The whole family thing when it comes to self-care and boundaries and family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just like you said, our families, our parents, our moms, our dads, our great grandma, like all those people that had a hand in our lives um, that sacrificed Mm -hmm. through blood, sweat, tears, labor, you know, doing all the things just so we can be here in this place. Mm -hmm. And we want to prioritize ourselves. We're already feeling a lot of us at one point or another, the struggle and strain of, again, just just being here as a whole human in, in, in this in this country, in this just being here, showing yeah. up being here. And so I talk about making sure that you're good, filling mm-hmm. your self-care cup, prioritizing yourself, how self-care, it really is not selfish. Yeah. But then you do have family members that need you, mm-hmm. need your time, need your energy. Can we talk? Can we start talking about that? Yeah, that's a, that's a heavy one right there, because mm-hmm. anybody who's ever dealt with this in their family, they know it is not a easy one, two, three. You just do this and, and you'll be OK. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just just not so simple with family. I think there's a there's a couple of things that stand out. You know, when we think about self-care within the family. So the first is guilt. Right. Oof. I mean, We know our family has sacrificed for us. They've been there for us in many ways. And a lot of us carry the guilt of not overextending ourselves. And that 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 becomes very, like I said, very tricky. Right. Because how do you not become guilty, you know, for not doing something for for, say, your family when you have the means? Uh Right. Or you you could make the time, but you know, if you made the time or if you, 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 you gave them money or you went and visited that it could potentially put you in a worse position. Right. Yes. That creates a lot of guilt. And I mean, overcoming that is an ongoing battle. Um, so that, that's a huge part. I think when it comes to self-care in the family, uh, another thing too, is we're fighting against a lot of cultural norms, right? It's just been pre-established that like, Hey, no matter what, your family, you're always going to be there, right? And so that's true. But when being there starts to have an adverse effect on you, then you not being there almost goes against what has been ingrained in your psyche growing up as it relates to just the norms that we have in the family unit. Um, and then I think another thing that's difficult, too, when we talk about the family is you know, in a lot of other spaces, right? Let's just use work. And mm-hmm. obviously this isn't a hundred percent true, but a lot of times there are some pre-established boundaries in place, right? Meaning like this is that department and, you know, here's our HR manual. And I mean, you, again, it's not in every work environment. We all know that, but when it comes to family, there, there is no set boundary guidebook, mm-hmm. right? Yes. <laughs> and so you really have to advocate um, to create those on your own terms based on where you are in life and where you were 10 years ago and where you are now could be completely different. So you have to renegotiate those boundaries. Um, and that can be difficult because our family, they know us in one space, but then obviously as we go on, we get married, we take on different careers, we travel, like we're not the same person that they knew. And yeah. so that, that can be tough for them. And it can be tough for you as well, um, because you're constantly having to reestablish those healthy boundaries within the family. So, 
Yeah, that's that is so spot on. And so speaking kind of from personal, well, not kind of speaking from personal experience, um, that is me. So on my end, you know, and I told you this before, I'm in my mid forties or am I considered in my late forties now? Oh gosh. I don't don't want you to call the exact number out, but you know, let's just say mid mid forties. Let's just say 40. So people. Okay. Yeah. About 40. That's all good. That's all good. Let's just say (laughs) forties. And you can guess if that's 49 or 41, you know. Exactly. See, I'm in my forties. I like that. So, so I, I, my, so I had a brother, he passed away in 27, 20, 2016 or 2017, maybe 2017. And I, and I was the older sister. So I already feel like a lot of responsibility just in that, right. Mm -hmm. Being the older, older child, having to take care of him, being the mother of the house. So my mom, I was a, a product of a single parent environment. So she would go out and do all the things, you know, so she did all that she could to make sure that we were good. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm in my 40s, she uh, is not partnered right now. And she's in her 60s. And so right now, yeah, she's still young and spry and all that good stuff. But I'm just thinking long term how I want to take care of me. Yeah. I want to prioritize myself. I have a, a young daughter. She's 19. So I'm, kind of, so I'm in the middle. I have a 19-year-old who is not fending for herself yet. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I have a, a parent in their 60s. Yeah. And so I'm single. I feel like I have not even completely lived my life yet. I still mm-hmm. have tons of life to live and explore and experience. Oh, yeah. And But she's getting older. Mm. And so I'm struggling with what you were talking about Mm -hmm. that whole just feelings of not really maximally yet feeling feelings of guilt, but I can see if I don't get a handle on this as the years progress, it will be just like this, this guilt, which is going to turn into uh, resentment. Mm -hmm. And I I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I think, you know, it, it's again, there is no universal. If you do this, then this will happen. I think a lot of it has to do with managing the tension. Right. Because if you try to solve one problem, then you create another problem. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're there 100 percent for mom and you ensure that she doesn't go a day without someone, then then you're not to some extent living life on your terms, right? You're right. not going out exploring. But then if you say, hey, mom, I got to do me and, and just kind of turn a blind eye to it, right? Then obviously you may not be there for mom in the way that you could be, right? right? And so it's it's one of those things. Sometimes we may go a little bit to the right and sometimes a little bit to the left, but really it's about how to manage attention um, while still trying to prioritize us in the process and right. and and knowing that sometimes, hey, mom, I may not be there. <laughs> right. And and that's going to be tough. But then also knowing that sometimes, you know what, let me go spend some time with my mom. You know, mm-hmm. let me make sure that she knows that she's loved, she's cared for. And again, that that is always evolving. That's always changing. Um, I, I tell you, you know, I used to experience a very similar thing when I was in college. Uh, my mom wasn't married. Uh, she, her and my dad had gotten a divorce. Mm-hmm. And every time I went away or like I come home to visit and I would leave. I I would just she I mean, you know, she wouldn't be like, oh, don't go. But I I just knew she was so excited when I would come home. Right. And 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 I knew she would be sad when I left. 
Right. And so even internally, I'm like, gosh, am I leaving my mom hanging? <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, and, and so again, it's just attention that you, you really have to manage and, and kind of, you know, looking at it in, you know, a different way uh, also helps with that. Right. Because mom has other sources or capable of tapping into other sources. It could also provide that sense of community. Right. Mm-hmm. But if she becomes too dependent on you, then you will be her source. Right. And so even by investing in you, a lot of times you're giving her an opportunity to reach out and leverage some of the people that she may not tap into if you're always there. Hmm. Yeah, that makes complete sense. That makes complete sense. So by practicing self-care for yourself, it, it shows others that they, too, have options to take care of and prioritize themselves as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. That That's it right there. You know, you begin to model a lot of the behavior that you want them to do, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes you may do it together. Sometimes you can help assist. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you, you, you kind of have to do it on your own. And it's not selfish. That's the thing. It's, it's really not selfish. So I love that. And so if someone is dealing with that, you know, they're they're a, a caregiver or something based on what we just talked about a moment ago. How do they work through that guilt? How do they work through that guilt of, or how do they begin to start working through that guilt? If, if that's kind of where they are right now, like, do you have maybe like one suggestion to get them started? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I would, I would say is even just processing it with someone else can help because the longer you stay in your own head and in your own mind, a lot of times the, the worst things get because our thoughts go, if unchecked, right, our thoughts can go in the direction of our biggest fears and worries. Mm-hmm. And so you, you really have to get it out of your mind. Right. Like, let me, it, you know, I mean, I'm feeling guilty. Right. This is where I'm at. And, you know, and allowing just by talking it out, sometimes you may see some of the discrepancies in your own beliefs and thoughts. Right. And so I think that's a quick, immediate first step, you know, process it with someone, you know, um, but then also normalize that you're going to experience some tension. This is life. You know, this isn't a scientific formula, right? If you do one, two, three, then everything else will be okay. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's life, you know, and not to say that you just, um, not to say that you just, you know, expect to, to be burdened. Cause I'm not <laughs> suggesting that at all. Right. Yeah. But just know, as I navigate this process, I anticipate some tension along the way, you know, um, and, and, you know, being able to hit the reset button, you know, cause like I said, what used to work may not work now. You know, and so just kind of being able to to process it with someone, you know, prioritize, you know, especially if you're a caretaker, that that's almost totally different uh, because they actually are dependent on you in many ways. And mm-hmm. so being able to identify, uh, you know, what it is that they need, you know, and what it is that you can offer, but then also leveraging other people around you as well, too. I, when you're in that caretaker role, it's so much. I, I mean, if 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 possible you know, leverage the community. Don't be afraid to, to, to reach out and say, Hey, I just need a break. I'm tired. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I, I need a break. And it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you love, love your, 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 your sibling or whomever any less, right. It's just, man, I'm just tired. It's the fatigue that goes about comes along when you, when you're caring for someone. Right. And if you don't have, if you don't have other forms to, 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 to rejuvenate and to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's going to wear you out. It's going to wear you out. 
Mm. So, yeah, good tips, good tips. So let's talk about relationships. I mean, I know we've been talking about just from like the nurturer or caregiver side mm-hmm. uh, for those of us that may be in that position right now. But I want to dive in a little bit in regards to relationships with spouses, husbands, wives, etc. So I guess, honestly, my first question, which is kind of off topic, but not off topic, are you finding that more black men are starting to really embrace self-care as as a healthy part of their lifestyle or habits? I think so. I I really do. I I mean, starting to. Uh, I still see a lot of men, you know, in my practice who, you know, kind of work themselves to exhaustion out of this tithe, you know, like, man, this is just what a man's supposed to do, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And and, and so kind of letting them know that it's okay, especially when they hear it from another man, like, Hey man, it's okay for you to take a break, right? It's okay to, to, to say, Hey, you know what? Give, give me a second here. Um, Help helps them do what a lot of them know they should be doing anyways. Right. It's just, you may not have the community or you may not even be open about the fact that you're overextended. Uh, so I, I do, I do think a lot of men are kind of embracing that notion. Again, I still think we have a ways to go, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, more and more, I think we're normalizing that it's, it's actually okay <laughs> to, mm. to, to take care of you. It's okay to be skeptical and to question things that don't quite sound true. Like the time that I was dating someone that was trying to earn cool points, so told me he liked every single TV show that I did, but then couldn't tell me any of the names of the characters on these shows he claimed to love. Like, seriously? If something seems too good to be true, do some digging before you invest your time, energy, or money. This is why when it comes to my health, I use Ritual because they know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our high standards. Their clinically backed essential for women 18 plus multivitamin has high quality traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. These multivitamins are gentle on my stomach and are so easy for me to take. It's crucial that I trust what I'm putting into my body. So I love that Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, which is a huge deal. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash self-care. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash self-care for 25% off. Okay, so what do Gail Anderson, Oprah Winfrey, and Big Boy have in common? These are three people in media who back in the day showed me that my dreams were possible. These visionaries paved the way for me to take a huge chance on myself by sharing my voice in the podcasting space. Black representation in media didn't happen by chance. We had to fight for the right to be heard, to be seen, to share our stories, and to take up space. Imagine if you could have some of the power, richness, and depth of the Black experience in one curated space. You can. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, and empowerment, as well as perspective of the culture in real time. 
Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Conversations ranging from Abbott Elementary to mental health to Tracy Ellis Ross, there is no limit to the range you will find on Black Stories, Black Truths. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Hmm. So that leads me to question, like, so if, so for example, if I was in a relationship with someone that he didn't really see self-care as necessary, for example, Mm -hmm. how would I even begin to, like, first of all, is it even possible to be in a healthy relationship with someone that doesn't believe that self-care should be prioritized? Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're in a, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that it's not healthy, mm-hmm. but it's not as healthy as it could be. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause we know two, two halves don't make a whole, right. Mm-hmm. Especially from a relationship perspective. So if someone isn't taking care of themselves, then there is no way that they're operating at a hundred percent. Right. And if they're not operating at 100 percent on an individual basis, you know, they ain't taking care of you at 100 <laughs> percent. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't think the two can coexist. I don't think you cannot take care of yourself and be in the healthiest relationship possible. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So what should how how can women approach that because a lot of us are in relationships Mm -hmm. and you know we we want to have space to prioritize ourselves we want to have space to to embrace and embody wholeness and our and and wellness you know because that just taps into a plethora of things you know Mm self-love and abundance and and healing and health and, 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 and all that, like it affects everything. Like Mm -hmm. self-care affects everything. So I'm just trying to figure out how, how would you even approach that? Yeah. Hey man, you, you kind of need to, uh, I'm trying to think the best way to say this, but you need to take care of yourself. (laughs) So this is, this is what I would suggest. Um, I, I think celebrating it, Right. Is, you know, me and, you know, you you give me a, a goal, you give me, you know, this is a reward at the end of it. Right. I'm, mm-hmm. I get focused on, it, you know, so I think celebrating the fact of, hey, you man, why don't you take a break? Right. You've been working hard, et cetera, like encouraging it mm. and, and making it a normal part of the relationship. You know, sometimes getting on a consistent routine and it, and it doesn't have to be them getting no massage or anything like it could just be yeah. like, hey, man, take 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 the Saturday off. Just, man, do something for yourself. You know, uh, a lot of times people don't know what they need un- until they get it. And it's like, oh, wow, I've been missing all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm definitely not saying do it for them. Right. But encourage. And even if it's like, hey, you know what, just the evening or, or do whatever that looks like for that person. You you know, your man better than, than he probably even know himself at times. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, just really encouraging and normalizing the fact that, man, I'm not looking at you different. You know, this isn't a matter of, I don't think you can handle it or anything like that, but just encouraging it. Um, and in turn, not only will he be in a better place, but I'm telling you, it just makes for a better relationship as a whole. 
Um, because sometimes, you know, again, how a man may look at self-care, he may associate that with him not, you know, living up to whatever, you know. And a lot of times it's, you know, I don't want to be looked at differently, specifically mm-hmm. with the one that you love. And so, yeah, encouraging like, it. I want to say, so like you were saying that it may be seen as like a view as a sign of weakness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm, you know, you work, you work, you work and, you know, and he may not feel comfortable saying, man, I'm tired, baby. You know, I'm just, I'm exhausted because a lot of times he may not want you to worry. You know, uh, mm-hmm. if I come in, you know, it's like, <laughs> if, if I could, if someone come in, like, I don't know how we're going to pay this mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like we good. Hold up, man. I mean, you, you know, ring, ring the alarm. Right. So, so I mean, you know, uh, you know, like, hey, man, I'm struggling. You know, you kind of keep that to yourself because you don't want to, um, you don't want to set off any alarms in the house, right? But just knowing yeah. that if you guys are in a committed relationship and you're working together, like it really is a team sport, and and sometimes proactively going after that or naming that helps. Right. Because he may not feel as much of a uh, pressure to be all things all the time. So. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. And for those of you that may be in a place where you might be right now struggling to pay mortgage, rent, et cetera, (laughs) definitely not making light of that at all whatsoever. Uh, I just envision someone coming to me with their eyes all big and they're just like, well, what are we going to do? Like, you know. This, so I don't know. But hey, hey, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Definitely not yeah. making light of it by any means. I've been there. Yeah. So yeah, me, me too. <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't nothing funny about it. You know, right, I right. Definitely been so, a part of my my struggle story. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, I was just speaking in terms of you know sometimes I I see it you know where a lot of men may keep a lot of things inside that they actually should be open about. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and the reason, one of the reasons why they aren't open is because of fear of how the other person may respond, react, or, you know, them not wanting to set off any alarms. Um, and, and that actually isn't always healthy, you know. So, oh, yeah, for sure. So I've, how can I say this respectfully? <laughs> Just <say it. laughs> Let's see, how can I say this respectfully? So this kind of comes back to how a lot of times we as women feel like we we've got to get the ball rolling on things mm. or things just don't happen. So for example, and, and again, hear me when I say this, because it is important to support your partner. Mm-hmm. If I'm dating someone or I'm married to someone, it is important for me to support him. But I find that a lot of times for women, especially black women, that support isn't, it's not always reciprocated. Mm-hmm. It's not always reciprocated. And so it's like we got to be the ones like hyping people up and making sure they're good and and all that. So my question is, like, how do we. So let's let's say that, you know, you 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 want to support your man. You're like, OK, we're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to make things work so that he, too, can start to understand or or lean into self-care so that he can start mm-hmm. to reap the benefits, which is going to obviously make their relationship healthier. Yeah. But. 
what if he's just like, nah, the same for me. I'm not doing self-care or whatever. But when you want to take time for yourself. So for example, let's, let's say, let's say it's me and you, Nick. So, and mm-hmm. you don't practice self-care. So we're married or, or in a relationship. We have, let's say two kids, two younger kids. You don't really believe in self-care yet. You don't see the benefits. You just think it's a waste of time. It's not, this is not what men do or whatever. Mm-hmm. And your expectation is that I should not really be asking for you to, for example, take care of the kids for the day because I need me time or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I want to go on a trip with my girls for a couple of days for some downtime and relaxation or whatever the case may be, whatever self-care looks like for me, I just need you to step up. Yeah. Right. How do we, how do we start creating boundaries so that we can do that? Mm-hmm. If your expectation is not, if like, if you're not really dialed into the importance of self-care. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because I almost, you know, and I didn't, I didn't want to say, I didn't know how to say it. So I didn't, I didn't say it, but you know what I was saying before, Yeah, like this isn't a, it's, it's almost a case by case, right? Cause this mm-hmm. doesn't apply to some situations, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you Absolutely. know, you, you take that and put it in the wrong hands and you know, it, it, it's just a complete disaster. Um, but, but let me go back to, you know, with the support, Right. And always feeling like, man, I'm the one who's always having to do that. Well, so I think if that's the case. Right. So part part of your self-care may be not overcompensating. Right. Mm. Because the more you overcompensate, the more someone undercompensates Mm. and you can get in a routine and in a pattern where you continuously overcompensate and then. It creates a norm that it's okay for me to undercompensate. Right. Here is a simple, silly example. Say I come in the house and I throw my shirt on the ground. Right. And say my wife comes in right behind me. She picks it up. Mm-hmm. Right. And I come in the house and I throw my shirt on the ground the next day. And she come in, she pick it up. Right. So she's actually overcompensating for me in that scenario. Right. And this is, this is a made up story. It's not true. (laughs) You know, but if I could, if she doesn't pick it up initially, it's going to feel as if she's done something wrong. (laughs) Right. Like, dang, you're just going to leave the shirt right here on the ground. Who's it going to feel wrong to me or or to your wife or to you? It it could feel wrong to me because Mm -hmm. she's always overcompensated. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem sometimes is we just need to sometimes not overcompensate, you know, and and live with the tension of recreating a healthy norm. Because if you're the one who's always having to support from a therapist perspective, when I hear that, I hear, okay, then that means you have consistently overcompensated. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you have to kind of reverse that, not in a vindictive way, not in a, oh, I'm trying to punish you type of way, but in a, hey, we got to create more of a healthy balance in the relationship. Right. And so the first thing is if you're always the one that's having to push, okay, well, then there needs to be some areas where you're not pushing anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. You know, Um, to your second point about advocating and creating boundaries, like, you you can't expect people to know what you need. And so communication is critical, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and so that's one aspect, the communication part of it, and really being firm and advocating for what it is that you need in the context of the relationship. 
Um, because if you kind of expect someone to be the one to give you what you need, mm-hmm. then there's a greater chance that you will be going without your needs being met. And mm-hmm. so you, you kind of have to be your advocate. In the, and that goes on both sides. You know, uh, people I hear counselors say, man, I wish they would just get it. I wish they would understand. Uh, well, have you told them? No, nah, I hadn't told them. Well, <laughs> right. well, how are they going to get it, right? No, I'm saying, I'm <laughs> Even if you tell them, they still may not get it. But we can yeah. almost bet uh, for sure that if you don't tell them, they're not going to get it, right? So sometimes right. you have to voice that, be vocal about it. And the sooner the better, right? The sooner the better. Because if you wait too long, then so much resentment builds up. Then when mm-hmm. you do verbalize it, it's, yeah. it's, it's hostility, you know? And, and so you want to catch it before it gets to the point that you're angry about it. Yeah, that makes complete sense because clearly no one is a mind reader, though. I expect people to be able to read my mind. You should just know what I want. Maybe this is why I'm not in a relationship. You should just know what I want. <laughs> hey, Greer, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you'd be surprised how many people say that, right? Yeah. And, and for good reasons, though. They say, come on, how old are we? How long have we been together? You too old not to know this, but you, you know, and so that's still a subjective statement, right? I've told you before. Ooh. Why why did I have to tell you again? Because I'm human. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And and, and so people have a lot of legitimate reasons. And then sometimes, I mean, just name this is off topic, but sometimes people get tired of saying the same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's a whole nother topic. But that factors into people becoming silent on certain things. Right. Because it's like the last 20 times I told you to do X or told you I needed X, you didn't do it. And so as a way to protect myself from disappointment, I just quit bringing it up. Oh, yeah. And that communication just shuts right on down. Oh, yeah. Right down. (laughs) Hmm. So for someone that might be listening to this and they're like, well, I know I need self-care. I know I've, I definitely need to stop. What was it? Overcompensating and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I know that I, I want to start seeing some healthy changes uh, in my relationship. And I know those things start with me. Like, can you can you share like if this person has a fear of even having this conversation with their partner? Mm-hmm. Um, is there maybe a way to open up the conversation that feels gentle and not doesn't, I don't know. Like, so for example, if someone has, has a fear, like they don't know how to set boundaries, they don't mm-hmm. know how to, you know, advocate for themselves kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a way, some something simple that they can say to, to get the conversation started? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first step is to identify what it is that you're fearful of. Mm-hmm. Right. And I actually would encourage someone to write this out. Mm, okay, get your notepad and your pants, people. He gonna get yeah, yeah. No, I mean you write out their fears, right? You don't have yeah. to write this out, but just yeah. write, write, writing that out because when you put it on paper, it becomes real to a certain extent. And a lot of times, when it's in your head, it's bigger than what it really is. You know, mm, it's like, mm-hmm. what is it that you fear? Well, I fear that they're gonna, you know, like write it out. I fear that he would. You know, say maybe he would have an attitude. OK. And then what are you afraid of if he has an attitude? Oh, nothing. You know, yeah. I, I mean, so it would be, you put you put the fear in perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 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 write it out. 
The next thing is I would say, you know, when you look at the big picture, identify ways that you can incrementally approach that conversation. Hey, girl. Hey, I just wanted to pop in really quickly and say that I see you. I see you so much, in fact, that I built a small but growing community just for you, the black woman who knows that there is much more in life than feeling constantly exhausted, overwhelmed and unprioritized by society. That's why over on patreon.com forward slash brown girl self care, you are going to find regular love notes and words of affirmation specifically for black women. So if you know that's what you need in your life, I invite you to come join me on Patreon. Again, patreon.com forward slash brown girl self care. Now back to the show. Not in a passive aggressive way, not in a roundabout way, but incrementally, right? You don't have to have 10 years worth of conversation in one <laughs> you know how we do. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, man, where is this coming from? Right. You know, like, remember no, back I in remember. 1997 when you said yeah. you were gonna pay me back? Then yeah. when we was at prom, you right, like, right. What? Like, we got two yes. Minutes, you know, um, but but incrementally, right? And that takes the pressure off of you, right? And it allows you to focus in on something very specific and tangible. Um, a lot of times couples, you know, especially when they get to arguing, you know, you'll be arguing about something and two minutes into the conversation, you arguing about arguing and that takes up the next two hours, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, so right now, what it is that you fear and incrementally breaking it down so that you're able to focus on something very specific gives you the confidence to, to have larger, more serious conversations, right? And and once you make that a normal part of your relationship, then it's not this one big we need to talk text. You're <laughs> 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 like, oh yeah, here we go. Oh, what we need to talk about, right? No, I mean you can right. just, it can just be a natural part. You you get more comfortable with practice over time. So those are the two things that I would suggest starting out. Mm, I love those tips for sure. I'm a huge advocate of journaling. So, you know, you can journal your way through this if you have these changes, these shifts, because as we do, the more the more self-care that we are able to practice, like it's it's life changing. It's life changing. And so Mm -hmm. you're going to start seeing these little wins here and there, and it's going to really help you to want to continue down this path of unapologetically like embracing and prioritizing yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when you do that, naturally everything starts to begin to change. The way your 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 parenting style begins to change because you'll see like, oh, how I speak to my child is not how I, I want to speak to myself. And mm-hmm. so you, start, you know, just it just starts making changes in your finances, your parenting style, on the job, in your relationships, etc. So just know that. And so if you haven't really been prioritizing yourself the way that you deserve, however that looks for you, and now you are starting to say, you know what, from this day forward, I may not get it perfectly, but I know that I am enough and I'm worthy of prioritizing my wholeness and, and, and living my best life. Absolutely. And so I'm going to start down this path. Mm. And this person that I'm in the relationship with, he's used to, for example, Brie version 3.5, right? Mm-hmm. But now yeah. version 3.6 or 4.0 is loading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like the iPhone, 
Right. <laughs> right. It's loading. Yeah. You got to get the upgraded version. You got, exactly. You about, to, you about to get this upgrade. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're ready, but you about to get this upgrade. And mm-hmm. I need to understand for me that this person that is used to this older version of me, there might be a little bit of friction initially as we're mm-hmm. kind of navigating this, this newness. However, I do expect that person that I'm in a relationship with, if they care for me and they want this to work, I expect them to be able to allow me to grow. And I will hope that they would want to grow with me as well. But I, I do expect them to allow me to grow and evolve and expand. And so it, it would look like just having more conversations because they might, like, like you said, they may be like, well, last year you wasn't talking about self-care, for example. And now, mm-hmm. now this year you're talking about how you want to, uh, I don't know, book 10 massages this year out of our out of mm-hmm. our budget or, or whatever mm-hmm. the case may mm-hmm. be. You know what I mean? So I know that there's going to be more conversations to be had as I start this, as I start elevating. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing, too, to add to that, you know, as you approach these conversations mm-hmm. is this is this is about you, like self-care right at the core is self. And right. so this isn't. I'm doing this because you're the one that's stressing me out and I just pray. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you you gonna feel like, well, I ain't did nothing to you, right? Like right. That, that goes in, but it's like, man, I need to be in a better place. Mm-hmm. Right. And and even that creates a mental shift to where you begin to take ownership over caring for you. Right. And yeah. yes, we all know, right? It may be because of her, or it may be because of him that you need a little extra self-care. But the mm-hmm. truth is, at the core. It's something that you need. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, absolutely. This has been really, really helpful. Really, really helpful. And I know that this actually is something typically I don't have a list of questions to ask. And I mentioned that before, but something that I'm thinking about now that is totally coming from left pockets. I'm hoping you have an answer for this. Okay. It's all good. (laughs) Okay. Do you have like my community, we're readers, we're leaders. And so I, anytime I I know of a good resource or a tool or a book or something that will help them just inch their way for, for just a little bit in their self-care journey. I want to recommend it. So since you're here by Mm. chance, do you have a a resource or a book or anything that you can throw out there that you've come across uh, in the last few years that has been helpful for either you or your clients as you start to, or as you continue doing like this self-care thing? Yeah, that's a really good, and I I wish I would have thought about it in in advance because I'm, I'm a reader. I'm a big reader. Um, yeah. And, and so I'm going to answer the question, then I'm not going to answer the question. Okay. Then, <laughs> I know I'm going to put you on the spot, and I should have. Yeah, it's all good. And then, yeah. then, 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 then I'm, I'm going to give a resource, right? Okay. <laughs> so, so I would say I don't have a particular book, mm-hmm. but I would find something that is enjoyable mm-hmm. that may actually have nothing to do with self care. Yes. Right. But just the practice of reading and allowing your mind to be at peace and kind of wander is therapeutic in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that could be a novel. That could be um, a magazine, like whatever it is. You know, I, I joke. I'm going to say this. My wife going to kill me. But I always joke with my <laughs> wife. She be watching these shows. And I'm like, man, well, how do you watch that stuff? Right. <laughs> and she's always like. Man, it's just entertainment. I just enjoy. I just enjoy watch. Like, but the truth is, that's actually a form of self care for her. 
Yeah. Right. And so she'll read up on this stuff and y'all can, you know, she said this, you know, she just, that's just, that's her self care. So whatever that is for you mm-hmm. reading, I think just allows, and it's, it's educational as well too, even if it's not right, you're still reading and you're, you're forcing your brain to think in some way. So finding something that you enjoy to read and just spending time doing that, I think is extremely um, beneficial when it comes to self-care. Yeah, I totally agree. It's it's kind of like an act of mindfulness where you allow yourself to just be in the moment, reading that book, experiencing that book, getting caught up in that book. And um, for, you know, 10 minutes, half an hour, an hour, the whole book, however, however long you have to, de- to excuse me, dedicate to reading that book for that day or during that period, just allowing everything else to just fall by the wayside and release yeah. some of that baggage and stress we carry around from day to day to day and yes. just caught up in a good book. Yeah, that that's a great tip. Yeah, it is. Um, this is this is a this is a small plug, but the therapist, mm-hmm. the one that I told you works with, with me, uh, she's actually a mindfulness practitioner. So this mm-hmm. is her whole dissertation study. She's been doing this for years is on mindfulness. Right. And so I'm constantly leaning into her. Like, how can I become more mindful and just be at peace? Right. Because, you know, we're going, we're going, we're going. And, you know, so even that is a resource, you know, um, just finding who that person is, you know, that's able to help you become grounded and more centered in life uh, is critical to just taking care of yourself. Right. I enjoy reading, but some people find it stressful. Yeah, <laughs> you know? sure. uh, and so that may be yoga, that may be meditation, that may just be some other mindfulness practice. So that's yeah. another resource. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I really, really do. So we have definitely had an amazing conversation. I have learned so much just being able to hear things from a male perspective. So I'm, I'm definitely glad that you were able to be here and, and share this time and space with me and my community. Um, before we wrap things up, I did want to ask did you have any final words? And also, um, how can we stay connected with you? How can my community reach out to you if they'd like to uh, approach you about about some of your services? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so just a final word, you know, obviously, I know this is this is you've said this a million times on the podcast and through your social media channel. But taking care of yourself is a priority. Right. And even when you're in a relationship, that priority shouldn't shift. Right. Mm. Because you can't be 100 percent to anyone unless you're 100 percent to yourself first. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the final word in terms of staying connected. Uh, I encourage everyone to follow me on uh, Instagram. That's Nick Hardy underscore. So that's N-I-C-H-A-R-D-Y underscore. Um website nickhardy.com as i as i mentioned uh kiera she's our, our mindfulness practitioner and mm-hmm. so this this is her jazz <laughs> you know <laughs> it really is so i actually would invite you you know if you wanted to connect either with myself but then also reach out to her as well too specifically if you needed some some tips in this area i mean she's a she's an expert in her field relationships obviously that's that's kind of for me uh where i focus in more and so, yeah, I think we merge the two, you know, take advantage of the resources um, that you offer on your community and, yeah, reach out, follow me. So definitely would love to stay connected. 
Absolutely. And I'll make sure that I put your website and your uh, social media handle or handles in the show notes today that should show up on iTunes. So that way, if people want to stay connected, they can go ahead and just uh, click around and they, can, and they can find your information right in the show notes. So that's that's amazing. Thank you. I look forward to to, you know, supporting people as they reach out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.